الحمد لله وحده والصلاه والسلام على من لا نبي بعد اما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر ان ذكرك خير المؤمنين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد محمد وعلى اله وازواجه واصحابه وذرياته اجمعين اللهم بعد سيدنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم sent by Allah Subhanahu to this world not just for his time and his place but for the particular generation of wonderful people known as sahaba kam radiyallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in rather he was sent for all of humanity for all of the world for all of the world wa ma arsalnaka illa rahmatan lil alamin Allah Subhanahu says in Quran that indeed we did not send you except as a mercy into all of the realms. This is what our deen teaches us. On the other hand, you will find people who are born in Muslim families who do have a basic iman that they will start thinking. And rather than understanding the world around them based on on the Qur'an, the Sunnah, the Sharia, the ulama, the uliyahs, explanations and commentaries. They try to understand, instead, they try to understand the world around them based on what they think in their mind. And when they look around them, what they see, and they are correct in that, what they see is a world vastly different from the Seventh century Arabia, culture or society or history or context, even geography, to which Sayyidina Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was sent. And so their mind leads them to this conclusion that, okay, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I'm just trying to, I'm repeating uh, and conveying and explaining those people's understandings uh, just so that we can understand and then address them, right? It is saying in Persian, that when you are relaying, quoting, conveying, doing knuckle of something, even if it's something that would even be tempted not to disbelieve in Kufr, it is not an act of Kufr to relay and convey that. In any case, I explain that these people do have Iman in their heart. They're not non-believers or unbelievers or disbelievers. They are believers in Allah SWT. And they are believers, interestingly. They are believers in Sayyidina Rasulullah that he is a Nabi. But rather than understand him on his terms, or understand him on Allah SWT's terms, instead, they try to understand him and Sallallahu and his Nabuwa and his Hadith and and his sirah on their own terms, on the terms of the modern world today. So what happens then? So they look around them and they see the society and the world that they live in, that me and you live in, 2017 global humanity, is so different from the humanity and the world that was around 1400 years ago. So then what they do is they think that the sunnah and teachings of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, were 
specific. And by that, what they really mean is limited and restricted to that time and to that place and to that context. These are fancy words they like to throw out. Time and space and place and context and all of that. But simply speaking, when Allah SWT said, Rahmatan lil'alameen, as a mercy for all of the worlds. And you know, the English word worlds does not do any justice. Alameen. It means every realm, all the realms and dimensions and planes of existence throughout and across and even, in fact, beyond all notions of time and space. Every single aspect and every manner and every perspective of creation is now governed by the Nabuwa of Sayyidina Rasulullah by his prophethood and his prophecy and his teachings and his sunnah and his legacy of Sayyidina Rasulullah But this person, again, they've not chosen to understand matters on the basis of deen. To choose instead, while claiming to be on deen, to understand matters on the basis of their akam, of their mind or their thoughts or what they see, empirically what they witness around them. Again, this age and time is so different that we must, therefore, try again on our own, in our own mind, ourselves to understand what Allah wants from us in this day and age. Now, obviously, Allah is not going to send them any new revelation about this. There's not going to be another prophet that will come. You can say, Allah is the last and final prophet in the last so what will they do? They will look at the world around them and let that world explain to them what Islam should be. So they might take secularism, they might take liberalism, they might take democracy, they might take capitalism, and they might take so many different things. They might go even worse, they might take hedonism, they might take nafs. They will say whatever is current and contemporary and in this context, they will use that as a basis to understand deen and to understand the name. And so why am I bringing this up on this program of Tazkiyah is because this is another aspect of purification. It's the inner purification of our mindset, the inner purification of our thought process, the inner purification of our outlook the inner purification and illumination of how we understand and view this world is critical. Otherwise, as long as, as long as a person is stuck in this contemporary modern mindset and framework and paradigm and outlook, they will never really be able to truly succeed on their mission of being. So for that type of person who I was mentioning, the effort would not be what I'm about to say tonight. The effort would be just for them to even understand, or she to understand, that the whole purpose of life is for her to strive in being, and the mission of her life is for being. But the person who does understand that, or claims that, or says, I want to listen to Tazkiyah, or pursue my Tazkiyah, then they must know, if you really want to purify your heart and soul, you must also purify your mind. In fact, this is when the Illinois would say that the first and foremost thing is Aqidah. And by that, what they meant was not just Tawheed, obviously, first and foremost Tawheed, 
believing in the oneness of the Muslims, but beyond that, that your entire creeds, your beliefs, your values, your philosophy, your mind, the way you think, what you hold to be true, your notion of truth itself, all of that must come from being. All of that is called Makina. That is why historically, why did the great Sufi, which is so with Mukarrib and Mukarrab, known as Imam al why did he take on philosophy? Because you would think that, well, you know, you just talk to people about Zikr and write in Halamuddin and talk to them about the Sphir and Sira and Sunnah and Hadith and everything will be fine. So if you realize that the philosophy, in particular on that time, the Ibn Sina, which was inherited from the Greeks, was actually changing the minds and mindset of the believers. And you realize that that's a And you realize that's something you have to write about. And there's no concept of talking or addressing a person about all these deeper aspects of spiritual purification when the opinion remains impure. So first, before he went around the bin, before he went to Ahia, first he received philosophy. Those parts of it and the aspects of it that were false and contrary to the sound and true Akida of and he also wrote very clearly that other aspects of it, and particularly some place of philosophical thinking and inquiry, which needs to be inquisitive, to be analytical, all of that is fine, as long as philosophical concepts don't become your Akida. Exactly the same thing has to be done in this day and age for secularism or legalism. In other words, there are many things and aspects of both of these two isms that are completely fine and acceptable to see. But there are certain limited, so we will use the same term, certain limited, restricted, specific aspects of them that can only suit a context that is empty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Quran al-Kareem, any revelation by empty of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu any a context of kufr or disbelief or unbelief or separation of belief from society or state. But if that's not there, if there's Imam, then those aspects of secularism and religion cannot continue along with Imam. So, Bokhtia also requires a purification of our mind. Now, it's not only for people who have degrees in religion or Almost everyone who is educated in any field, in any profession, anyone who has traveled or lived anywhere in the non-Muslim world, or anyone even in the Muslim world who went through a system of schooling and education where the curriculum and syllabus was designed, written, and taught from the platform and paradigm of secularism any and all of such people have been affected by this, if you will, akida, by this impurity they want. And one of the hallmark ways is this flawed understanding of Nabi Yagreem, and one of the most telling, and what I always find one of the most horrific statements that a person like this will say, they will say, if the Prophet is alive today, ABC. Right? Oh, look at me now. 
trying to pursue textual learning from knowledge of Dean, keeps the company of Ulamwasu, reads and learns the Lanakareen, is learning or studying the Sira and the Sunnah, but they're still affected a little bit by this problem. So what happens is they, there's a type of language they will use, there's a second type of language. So the first was at the Prophet today. The second type of person will start talking in terms of balance or moderation. So I have to balance the deen and dunya. Or I have to be moderate. I can't be passive. I can't be passionate about my deen. The same person will be extremely passionate about dunya. Not even just dunya, even about one small thing. Passionate about their watch. Passionate about their car. Passionate about their house. Passionate about her baking. Passionate about even small things in dunya. In the name of balance. This is another conception. But no, what did Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teach Sahabi Akram? This is also a core aspect of Tazkiya. That was called Zuhud. And Zuhud meant that all passions are for Akhirah and all passions are for Deen. And then the other passions can be what Allah Ta'ala naturally put in us physically, but our mental and emotional and spiritual passions, all of that is for Akhirah and for Deen. Physical passion is a different topic. Our spiritual, emotional, and mental and intellectual passions are all entirely for Akhirah and all entirely for Deen. There's no balance, there's no 50-50, there's no equilibrium. It's an absolute, 100% entire, 100% entire passions of my heart and my soul and my mind are for Akhirah and Deen. Or for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for Quran al-Kareem, or for Sayyidina Rasulullah, and Akhlaqi Azim. And for dunya, zero passion. Dunya is, then what, what's left for dunya? Dunya is function. If you want to remember two words from tonight, passion and function. Passion and function. And that is one big part of Tazkiyah. So the teaching of Zuhud was, to reduce dunya to a fun- merely a function. What it means really is actually to accord dunya its proper place. What's proper? There's nothing to do with being quote-unquote balanced. What's proper? Right? So everything has its own proper place. Right? Imagine if somebody was designing a house and they said the closet should be as big as the bedroom and the bathroom should also be as big as the bedroom. So you ask me to talk about what's the matter with you. And he says, balance. And he says, what are you talking about? He says, well, balance. Every room should be exactly the same size. Balance. Equilibrium. He would say, no, the function of the closet and the function of the bathroom are different from the function of the bedroom or the living room. And therefore, everything should be given merit and status that is proper. And due to it, based on its function, therefore the bathroom should be smaller, the closet should be smaller, the bedroom and the living room should be bigger. Just like that, every one of us is the architect of our own life, the designer of our own life. We're the architect of our own life block, the designer of our life block. It's not about science. It's like having a house with a living room and bathroom of equal size. 
No. Everything will be given its proper due. Then you will be given its due, but only that which is proper to it. Being merely a function of ours, and the being will be given its due that is proper to it on the basis of it being the 100% exclusive, absolute passion of ours. Passion is something different. Function is something different. So this was another major aspect of Tazkiyah, which was called Zohat. But again, this will only take place. This only has even a chance of taking place when a person the mindset and understanding is correct. And that's why, and I also make this very clear, that in this day and age that we live in, we don't deny that we live in a particular day and age. In this day and age that we live in, because we are so surrounded, whether it's media, fashion, culture, technology, celebrity, family, for some of us, so surrounded and immersed by so many forces that are trying to make us passionate about dunya, sometimes, not always, sometimes, for a temporary period, not permanently, for a temporary period, sometimes for a temporary period, we have to make an extreme correction where other person, an observer, an onlooker, it might appear to them that yes, we have fallen to some type of extreme and we are imbalanced. And what is that? That we seem to have a crave and passion for any and all things pertaining to Allah Taala and being, and we are absolutely bland and numb or disinterested and dispassionate about any and all things pertaining to dunya. You can't live your whole life like that. That's called monasticism. That's under Rabin. La It's not. There's a saying of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallam that there is no place for the concept or practice of the monastic or convent path whatsoever in the deen of Islam. So it cannot be done mm, always and cannot be done permanently. But we sometimes to extract ourselves from this false outlook paradigm, almost like I told you in Akiba, of balance and of this and that, this type of person sometimes they can make an extreme correction and it can spend some part of their life temporarily where all and entire of their passions are for deep. And then what happens is then they gradually start adding back the dunya. It's a perfect way to give you an example. Once, due to an illness of ours, we were it suggested, like this medical advice was suggested to us, that you, let's say, eliminate all these different things that you eat, and then one by one, resume eating them, like alternately, and see if anyone, you know, anyone disturbs you, disturbs your stomach. Right? So, what was, that was the Things, this long list of things, right? That, you know, if I, if somebody asked me to leave all those things permanently, that would be quite difficult. Even, you know, maybe even impossible. But it's no, 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 just temporarily. Not forever. Not permanently. Temporarily. You won't do this all the sometimes. 
So the same thing sometimes to identify what part of dunya, because we won't always notice about ourselves, what part of our dunya has become passion, has exceeded its proper place, that is now inbound. What part of our dunya or our relationship with dunya or activities in dunya or our relationships in dunya have exceeded their proper place and become a person? We won't always be able to diagnose that. We won't be always be able to tell that about ourselves. So one, and this is not for everybody, and this is not always, and this is why a person can certainly benefit greatly from having a sheikh who can guide them on doing these things the proper way and not falling into extremes because there are extremes in being also. Extremes which means what we call ifrat, to free, to ifrat, excessive is a better word to say. They are excessive, which are not healthy, but a person can go to in being as well. So in a healthy way, in a non-excessive way, to do this intense correction that one abandons temporarily the passions of dunya, and then one by one re-engages in dunya after having attained the passion for deen and akhira, one by one re-engages, step by step, re-engages in dunya and keeps a watch, a vigilant watch, a watchful vigil over their heart and their soul and their mind to see this activity or this relationship in dunya is it affecting my passion for Allah Ta'ala, my passion for Deen, my passion for Akhara? If it is, it means it's a rival. If it is, it means a rival passion. It's not just a function. Do I have to eliminate it altogether? Or is there a way I can restructure that relationship or activity in dunya such that it does not become excessive and transgress into the realm of passion? Can I make it remain? Can I limit it? as opposed to now the Allah trying to limit and restrict and qualify the sunnah of Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, can I not instead limit and restrict and qualify my dunya until it is pushed into a corner where it is only function and nothing of it becomes passive. So this is the rest of the connection between what we were talking on the beginning and Maqsida as I described it tonight, in terms of an outlook and understanding of the world, and that's key of it is our inner purification of every aspect of our inner self, which also includes our thoughts and our outlook and our understanding. And one of the fundamental core areas of Tazkiyah, which was Zod, which was to be passionate about the responsibility and to relegate dunya really to its proper status as a function. And this is a very important thing. And from time to time, one needs to reflect upon this and examine ourselves in mushawara, in consultation, in the view of this Ummah about this matter so that we can truly become passionate about deed, passionate about ibadah, passionate about zikr, passionate about dawah, passionate about khidmah, passionate about ilm, passionate about the Ummah, Passion about the Bia Green, the Sahaba, all the teachers, good passions. And in Salah, we make dua that Allah SWT will heal each and every one of our hearts, souls, and minds with all 
all of the good passions and the passions that are beloved to him and pleasing to him and that we rid our button of any and every passion that is displeasing to him or any and every passion that is obstacle any and every passion of redula in dunya that is an obstacle to us 